The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Well, at least it's a win, and there were some positives in it. It wasn't a great performance in some respects. There were, there were good stretches of play and that sort of thing. But again, you're facing a team that is going to be decent in the MEAC, but decent in the MEAC is usually about bottom quarter of the net uh, in most years. And, you know, this there's a lot that still needs to be worked on and cleaned up. But welcome to Rams Rewind, uh, both live and Facebook on the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group out here in podcast land. If you like what you hear, send us a little dinero towards my producer and I because we really like doing this podcast and we appreciate your support. And uh, somebody did do that, and I forgot to look who it was beforehand, and I do apologize, and we'll make sure that the next podcast we're going to shout that person out. So that's my fault. All right, so VCU wins 70-16. to 16. It was uh, a lot hairier than it should have been, to be perfectly honest, a, a lot hairier. And they closed the game with no field goals in the last 621, just like the Arizona State game and some other games. And you just, you know, stuff like that is – is not going to cut it, but let's let's try to let's try to at least do some some positives. And and it's interesting, Daniel Carter. You mentioned that Shriver should not get the minutes he should have got tonight, and I tend to agree with you. Uh, Nineteen minutes, uh, but he does get ten points, four for nine from the field, two for six from three. You'd like that three to be a little bit better, but that was a better game in some respects. He got a couple of assists. Uh, he's still not confident. Maybe that's going to help. But I'm with you. I, I'm frustrated because Fats Billups comes in, plays three minutes, looks good, and doesn't get looked at again. And and that gets on my nerves. And we didn't see a lot of Toby Lawall in the second half, and I think maybe that's to do with Harris was kind of kind of bullying him a little bit physically in the first half. And also Deloach got back in too. But I, I kind of want to see a lot more of Deloach and Lawal, just because I think from a defensive perspective, that's a really tough front line. And I know that means less minutes for Johns, and Johns was really good tonight. Uh, so I understand where that could be a problem as well, as well. Yeah, Daniel Carter, Josh Banks, one of the positives, 11 points tonight. A huge three to stop one of Howard's really big runs in the middle of the game, in the middle of the second half. And he just looked that shot just looks so good. You just wonder how come it doesn't go in more often than it does. But tonight, pretty good. Four for seven, two for five from three. Had a couple assists. Kind of nice to see VCU get some, get have a bunch of different guys get assists. Because of course, no, no ace ball one tonight. So that was a problem. But they get six assists on eight made field goals tonight. So even though they're shooting eight to twenty five in the second half, at least until the end of the game, they were actually playing better offense and and. This was kind of a throwback in the sense eight guys got assists tonight. 
Watkins, Deloach had two, Nunn, Johns had two, Banks had two, Jackson, Lawall, Shriver had two even. And that's good. That's more like what we're supposed to be as a team. Even when we have Ace Baldwin on the floor, we need to have six, seven, eight guys having assists because when this offense was going well last year and really any of the years under Mike Rhodes, that was the case. And I'll tell you something. I we mentioned I mentioned Jaden Nunn. I want to praise the heck out of him tonight because people are going to look at that line, 36 minutes, eight points, one for four from the field, one three, did make five or six from the foul line, caught a bunch of those at the end. Jaden Nunn played a very selfless game tonight. He played good defense. He was looking to facilitate the offense. It didn't always look great. I, I'll grant you that. And, and yeah, we don't want Jaden Nunn to be piling up most of his points at the foul line at the end of the game. We'd prefer he have, you know, the kind of night Brandon Johns had who had 16 points. But I'll tell you what, I think Jaden Nunn really stepped up and, and accepted the role he had tonight and played like somebody who wants to be a leader on this team should play. I was very happy with Jaden Nunn tonight. And I'm not, you know, that, that line isn't going gonna, isn't gonna to – Knock anybody's socks off, but I I was very pleased with his game tonight. And yeah, Deloach, who not only not only six steals, uh, you know, a couple blocks as well. And really, without that sitting having to sit that long time because of that knee injury, and maybe being a little bit gun shy because he because he only got one other field goal attempt after that, uh, you know, could have been on his way to a twenty point night. Because my goodness, was he hot early in the game? But you know what? John's picked it up there uh, for, for him when he wasn't in there. Jameer Watkins, here's another positive. Granted, he got away from it a little bit in the second half, and it was it was frustrating. But Jameer Watkins, you know, putting the ball on the deck tonight and going inside. That last game, taking all those threes and bricking all of them, golly, it was terrible. Tonight he takes ten shots. He only takes three threes. Four for ten. He didn't make a three. But I, I was really happy. I, I, whatever they, they were talking about, how Mike Rhodes, you know, kind of put the blame on himself and talked about, I'm not coaching you hard enough. And he was going to be some, you know, honest and maybe even raw feedback towards these players. You definitely saw the, the, the message to Watkins had to have been attack the paint, drive. That's what you're really good at. He did a really good job of that tonight. Uh, and and, it, and it, was, it was a difference maker for him. How many dadgum steals did they end up with? They had 12 steals tonight. So Deloach is half those. Nunn's got a, gets a couple. Watkins gets one. Jackson gets one. Yeah, and, and Bruce, that's the other thing. Brandon Johns all of a sudden can't miss. 14 consecutive foul shots, which means he needs to be in there at the end of games. But, you know, we got to get him the ball because he can draw fouls and get to that foul line, and we should be trying to do that more often. You know, a cut, and, and, of course – I guess I guess we're just gonna have to put up with this all year. So VCU plays, you know, pull after a bad start against Howard, down ten to four. Howard was hot early. VCU turns it around, pulls off to a ten point lead. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, they're finally doing the things they're supposed to. We're not seeing after a after the early first four minutes. We're not seeing the quick trigger threes like they took at the under sixteen. They were zero for four from three. They only took five the rest of the half, and I was really pleased with that. And, of course, as a result, they shot almost 60% in the first half. So it was like, okay, 
You've seen the right thing to do now. Don't grow crazy with the quick trigger three-pointers. Run the offense. Be patient. And what happens? We come out in the second half, and the three of the first six shots are three-pointers, all early in the shot clock. Brick, brick, brick. So I, I don't know what goes on in those halftime discussions, but doggone it, we just it, – it shouldn't – 15 minutes sitting, sitting in the locker room shouldn't make you forget – the good things you did right to to freaking to freaking get that lead, and as a result, they let they let Howard hang around and make this a lot tougher than it should have been. Uh, Manny Whitlock says play Banks more. Yeah, but remember that that's the thing we gotta we gotta keep remembering here. There's a lot of players we want to see play more minutes, and it's tough. You got you got to divide it like. You say play Banks more. I don't disagree with you. Banks Banks is really starting to come into his own um, uh, with with his shot. But, like, I'm not happy that Billups only played three minutes tonight. I'm not happy that LaWall only played eight. I don't think uh, – did LaWall even see the floor in the second half? Yeah, well, LaWall didn't even play in the second half. And some of that was – and as I said earlier, some of that was that it was – Harris was trouble for him. But doggone – you know, I want to see the wall out there can having the wall out there can make such a difference for defense, especially. And he can still give you a little something on offense. We've seen that in the other games. So it's tough, Mandy. There's going to be nights when we think players should get more time and they don't. And there's going to be nights when players get too much time. I think if, if, if the one thing I would say about none is 36 minutes is a lot. It's the same criticism I've had before, and and I just I think I just don't think a lot of our players should be playing more than thirty minutes because I'm not sure they're they're going to give that 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 they can can sustain that effort over a lot of time. Well, yeah, there you go. There's another guy that a lot of people want to see more of. Kern only got nine minutes tonight. And I'll be honest, when I looked at the box score, I was surprised it was that many. I didn't even realize he had nine minutes tonight. So that's the tough thing, and I and, and you know, and I also go, I also go to something. I saw Ed Nixon. He posted a video. I think VC Ram Nation posted it, and Ed Nixon was talking about this team is too cool, that they're playing too cool, and it'll get you beat. And his point was, the coach has got a sub for you, so just just empty yourself, and then when you're tired, you'll get subbed out and put back in. And I think that's right, and I think that's part of the reason they do struggle is that there's not that ferocity when you're out on the floor. And I don't know if that's if that's a Rhodes thing or a player's thing. I just – I don't think we – I don't want to see a lot of our players playing 30 minutes plus the way Johns and Nunn had to do tonight. Um, yeah, and Bruce Stevenson, you talk about the rebounding and and no Christian Fermin. I think Christian Fermin would have helped with that. Uh, and I'm a little, and, and that's another guy that, you know, he didn't play tonight at all. You'd like to see him. They were minus 10 in the rebounds. They were minus seven on the back, on the offensive backboard. The good news is, and this is why it wasn't even a more challenging game for us than what it was. Howard only outscored VCU eight to four on second chances. So it could have been, it could have been really difficult. And thankfully that didn't happen. In this case, that they did, they, they didn't make the hay on that that they could have, or we could have really been in a lot of trouble in this game. So that the the rebounding is one of the big, big, big negatives. Mandy, 
you know, she says too much passing, shoot the ball. Yes and no. Um, there were there were times when that was the case when people passed up shots they should take, but by and large, there were there was still too many possessions where there was one or two passes in the backcourt and then up went the shot and it was a three and it didn't go in. My my big criticism is you see a two three zone, you got to beat that zone with two things. You got to beat that zone with a good post entry, whether it's the dribble drive or a good pass in. But you have to move. You have to move without the basketball. You have to p- put pressure on those defenders standing in that zone to make them make a choice. Because if you're not moving, you'll see what you saw a bunch of times in the second half, which is somebody drives into the lane and there's five or six guys there. Some of them are our own guys. Some of them are the opponents. And you end up with a turnover because you try to pass and there's too many arms and legs in the way. So – that's where you've got to move and you've got to force this defense. You've got to force a 2-3 zone. You've got to force them to make a choice, make them make a choice, make a move and manipulate the defense a little bit so you at least give yourself a chance to give yourself some spacing. And that was another problem tonight too. Um, there were several times on the in, in, when they would go to one side of the floor and it's just a pile of people. And, and, you, and VC would turn it over because somebody would try to pass through it and you couldn't, I mean, you'd have to, it'd be like, it was easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than to get that ball through some of those, some of those defenses tonight, that some of those situations tonight that we saw. So that, you know, that's, those are two things and they kind of tie together. The, the lack of good spacing and the lack of off the ball movement. And I'll be honest, part of that is Jaden Nunn's one of our better off the ball movers and he had to, he had to have the ball a lot tonight. So he couldn't do that. And and some of that's true, Jonathan Barty saying too much north-south, but not a lot of east-west movement and passing. Yeah. And look, one of the big threes in the game, which was a survival for three, and John Feinstein talked about it, and he was absolutely right, the ball reversal there. Quick ball reversal to get that back to the other side before anybody could get over there and, and, and put a hand in Shriver's face, and it goes right in. And that's what you're looking for. But it's like you you just can't do all of one or all of the other. You've got to be constantly switching it up. Hopefully, if Ace is back for the next game, we'll see better about off the ball movement because Jay Nunn will be one of those players off the ball. And there's no denying it. That's one of his the strengths of his game. And when he's doing that, uh, and we're not standing around as much, that's really good. So, uh, you know, this performance, if I had to grade it, it would probably be a C, C plus, because. You know, if VCU were really on their stuff and they were healthy, you'd expect them to to kind of bo- to to blow a team like this out. I mean, you know, this is Howard is one of these teams, like a lot of teams in the MEAC, that's that's you know traveling around playing a lot of bye games. I'm just gonna look at their schedule real quick, but I'm pretty sure that they haven't had a lot of home games either. Um, you know, they play. Let's see, they play at Kentucky. Uh, they actually played three. They've actually played a few of their home games recently. You know, they went to the Paradise Jam and played. They've played, you know, at Yale and Austin Peay and a few other places. So it's like they haven't played a ton of home games. You're supposed to be beating a team like that uh, by quite a bit. Um, and yeah, Coach Rhodes' timeout management was kind of an issue again, <laughs> and it, which it is all the time. 
and it allowed Howard to get momentum in some key spots, and it made this thing a lot closer. But, like I say, there were there were a lot of positives, and, and maybe the biggest one is that Deloach's knee injury wasn't that serious, and he was able to get back out there. Because, golly, you know, when you – I mean, you heard – the. You heard, you saw, if you were watching on Masson or ESPN Plus, the, the the arena was as dead silent as I've ever heard it, except for the COVID times. Could have heard a pin drop. And, you know, he's getting, he's having a player, a player's having to come over and help him because he's such a big guy. And you're like, oh, goodness, I don't know. But somehow, I guess they got the magic spray, like what Mr. Miyagi used to have, or they, that exercise cycle must really be good because doggone, he was back out there. And again, I would, I'd, I'd like to see the offense run more through him. I think that's a point that I've seen several people make uh, the last few days, and I think it's right. I mean, yes, aces. Oh, no, we didn't come anywhere near covering Doug Hines. Of course we didn't. Uh, as you rightly point out, we're not, we're not a team that covers spreads this year. But I think, I think yes, aces are best offensive player all around in some senses. But I think this offense will start humming if we do run it through Deloach. Because, again, he's got that ability to make passes – you think about think about the play where they got the intentional foul with Zeb Jackson. I was a little worried because Deloach gets the steal and then gets up in the air, and you never like to see that because if you change your mind, you're screwing yourself. What a what an outlet pass to Jackson, and forces and end up, as ends up causing that situation. You know, also he had another beautiful feed right at the beginning of the game from the top of the key. So it's like you can run this through. Deloach because they have to respect his passing ability so they can't can't totally close on him and and he's starting to really put a varied offensive game together you know and him and John's both I mean they were both showing a a couple different things tonight John's had the early jump hook and Deloach was you know has that little bitty jumper that he's starting to he's starting to get working so you know run if they can run this offense through those two guys when they're on the floor together then we might see an, we might see the three pointers pick up because of the fact that at some point, even though they don't want to, you know, if if we establish those guys early and you force a defense to maybe start cheating a little bit, that's when you get to kick out to Watkins. That's when you get to kick out to Baldwin. That's when you get to kick out to Nunn. And we maybe start an or Shriver and we start to get hit, hit, hit a few threes as well. Uh, and yeah, this the second half wasn't terrific. You know they 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 tied this they they drew the second half, and they had a couple different chances to pull away and from Howard and did and make this a lot easier. Um, well, Manny, we'll see if he gets his confidence back. I mean, this is the best game he's had since the first two. He had a couple threes go in. He was almost fifty percent from the field, four for nine, couple assists. That was good. You know, a couple of de- he had a couple of okay plays on defense. The one. The one assist to Johns was really great because he, he, you know, he looked like he was going to take a three that he probably wasn't going to make, and and realized that, that did a nice fake, drove, drew the defense, bounced past, perfect bounce pass to Johns who just thunders at home, easy dunk, and you're like, that's really great. That that was really great. And there was a couple other good things like that. You know, Jaden Nunn had a couple of those decisions where he passed up shots he might normally take and gave somebody a better shot, and I and I. If, if there's one thing I'm going to hope coming out of that is that maybe that's going to start to take. Because if that starts to take, especially with Ace back, this actually can be the offensive team that it looked like the first two games when it looked like we had a lot of firepower. Yeah, Zeb being two for six from the foul line, Bruce, is not good because 
You're a guard. If you want to be in at the end of games as a guard, you can't be bricking free throws. It's, just, it's, it's as simple as that. You cannot be doing that. Uh, there's no reason for you for a guard to be, especially one that will that will um, ha- handle the ball as much as Jackson might will. And I'm glad you brought that up, Daniel Carter. That foul, that foul, they called it on. Um, they called it on what's his face. I can't remember who now. And and they and they end up calling it a flagrant two, tossed him out of the game. That's a tough one for me because. Zeb Jackson, I th- I thought was going to go for the shot, but I think he changes his mind up in the middle of the air to try to pass it. That's not the defender's fault because the defender, I know they said he didn't make a play on the ball, but I think the defender is thinking that Jackson's going to shoot. And I think Jackson's thinking he's going to shoot too until he gets up in the air. Okay, so it was Stewart then that, 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 that got it, Daniel. Thank you. So that's a tough situation because – He's going up in the air, changes his mind. If he tries to shoot that, that's a foul. It's not a hard – I mean, again, he's not trying to hurt the guy. It's not malicious. It looks bad because Jackson hits the floor, hits the stanchion, and for a second he looks like he's really hurt, but then he bounces back up, and I just – I don't know. I've always got an issue with refereeing – where something, because especially in the NFL, this is a real problem. Something looks bad, so somebody throws a flag, or in this case, calls a flagrant too. But it wasn't as bad as it looked, and that didn't look as bad as it looked. And I can I can almost understand the intentional foul because you're saying, okay, he didn't make a real play on the ball. He's you know, and it's on a break and that kind of thing. I can buy that. And yes, he could have got hurt. Yes, he could have got hurt. I just. I mean, we've honestly, you know, there was there was some there wasn't there wasn't like really hard, terrible fouls in this game tonight, but there was a lot of physical contact in the air in the in the paint area that I saw tonight that was probably worse than that. And he's getting tossed out of the game. That's that's a tough one for me. That that's I don't know. I, I could I could see the intentional foul. I could maybe even see a flagrant one if you're like, look. That was a dangerous situation. Jackson's up in the air. You put your body on him. You could have hurt him. I just, I don't know. The context of the game, it's also, to me, part of it is the context of the game. And I just, in the context of the game, that didn't seem that bad. So I just, I don't know. I feel, to me, like anything else, it's one of those, you know it when you see it. And I and I always forget which famous support, Supreme Court justice who made that quote said said it, but he was talking about obscenity. It's like, you know it when you see it, something like that. It's gotta be so obvious. It's gotta be such a bad play that you're like, get this guy out of here immediately. Cause if you don't, there might be a fight. That's what I'm thinking. When I'm thinking flagrant too, is this guy did something so bad that if you don't throw him out of the game right away, there might be a brawl on the floor or there might be punches thrown because it gets really serious. And I just, I don't. I didn't feel that with this foul. He's definitely not trying to hurt the guy. He's thinking he's going to shoot, and I'm. And I think Zeb thought he was going to shoot when he started, and I thought he was going to shoot, and then he changes his mind to try to pass it, and that's what ends up making it look bad. So that's a tough one. I. I, I hope. I, I don't know what the rule is now, but there was a time when the rule was if you got a flagrant two, you were automatically suspended for the next game. I hope that's not the case for this kid. 
because that would be disappointing. Because again, we'll see worse. I guarantee you, we'll see we'll see rougher rougher play in the, in the paint area when we get to conference play than that, and it won't even get a flagrant. And and yes, it won't be as dangerous as, in air quotes, but that was a tough one for me. I didn't I didn't I didn't love that. And 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 I know the results shouldn't matter, but if you're calling it because it looks bad because he might have get might have gotten hurt, then don't you kind of have to take into account that he bounced right back up because he did bounce right back up. Anyway, it's just nice that VCU won, and that there was it was a little hairy at times, but but. We were not sitting there in the last minute, either way out of the game going, man, this sucks. Or sitting here going, you know, biting our fingernails like we were before. So Wednesday night is Radford. I mean, I'm in the same situation as the last two Wednesdays. I'm working. So cross my fingers and toes that I can get a route and get a pat and get a stop count that will allow me to finish early enough that I can get home, watch the game, and do a live video with you. Of course, it will drop in podcast land on Thursday. And as I said before, if you like what you hear and you want to support us, drop us a little dinero. We'll really appreciate it. And even though I forgot to, I will shout the person out that just did that for us at the next pod. Um, yeah, Daniel Radford, solid. They just they beat GW. Uh, what was it last week or something? Because they were talking about that on the uh, on the podcast. Radford may very well be may be, very well be a uh, a contender in that Big South. We'll see. Uh, but you know, I'm hoping that VCU can take the good things, win that game and maybe start to build a little momentum. And I hope even more that I'll be able to be with you live here in the VCU good, the bad and the ugly group. And if not there, you know, of course, podcast will drop on, drop on Thursday for everybody else who listens to that. So thank you all in the comments section comments, uh, for joining me here tonight. I really appreciate it. The game thread was good as always. I really enjoyed that. It's just nice that VCU won. It wasn't, very impressive and it wasn't as good as we would have liked but it but it's not a loss which is a pre- which is at this point we'll take that given the way the season has gone so hopefully we'll see you Wednesday night uh in the good man and the ugly group after Radford if not Thursday in podcast land uh thank you all for listening have a good night everybody to submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.